0: Welcome to the Crossplay Podcast, another episode uh, where there's a really funny joke in there somewhere, but uh, I'm not going to make it right now. I'm uh, Chandler Wood, Senior Editor with PlayStation Lifestyle.
1: Cameron Teague, Editor-in-Chief, PlayStation Lifestyle. Jason Faulkner, Senior Editor, Game Revolution.
2: I'm Paul
3: Tambor, Executive Editor of Game Revolution.
0: So so on... on our side, uh, you know, speaking of cross-play a little bit, I mean, this is a subject that came up during E3, so we might as well get it out of the way right now. On our side, we I don't know that we care much as a PlayStation-exclusive site, you know. Uh, I, But I, I understand where people are coming from on it, and I don't necessarily want entire cross-play like... Uh, for, for those that aren't familiar, this is about Fortnite and Sony blocking the ability to, uh, play Fortnite with, uh, your, your Epic account on the switch. If it's been registered on a PS4 already. Um, I, you know, I don't care about being able to play Fortnite with, um, somebody else who's on their switch or whatever, but. In terms of like blocking the entire account from being able to log in and even play on other consoles, it's kind of. I don't know. It, that, that Something's just...
3: going to have to change there, isn't it? Like, I, 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 there's going to be a really significant pushback on this. I know Sony have got away with it for as long as they have, and I kind of understand because they own most of the market share on that. So, I mean, I don't know whether it would lose them money from. Opening up cross play, but um, it certainly wouldn't benefit them in the way that it would benefit, like, the Xbox uh, to do that. But um, it's a bit bullshit, isn't it, really? That you, if you've got your Epic account and then you sign in to your Switch, and it's even like your Epic account even touched a PlayStation, that you just can't play Fortnite on your Switch with that same account. I I don't really understand how it hasn't been made a bigger deal out of before. I guess maybe it's because I, 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 why? Like with Rocket League and stuff, how didn't it come about then? Is it because there's not a specific Rocket League account or something? I, I don't
1: understand. I don't, how. I don't, I don't get so. how it's actually that Sony can block it so to speak because isn't this um I don't know who made Fortnite because I don't care about the game. Epic. But Yeah, Epic. isn't. It's an Epic account so isn't it completely separate from Sony in a sense? I mean, shouldn't they have control over that data and allow you to transfer that to
3: any, I think that's not the main point of the argument against it. It's like a third party account and then yeah, it's a third party account, but then if it touches, if that third party account touches the PlayStation, then you can't play on the switch. That's my understanding of it. I actually haven't downloaded Fortnite on the switch and I haven't, uh, got it on the uh, ps4 so i haven't tested it out yet but my knowledge of it is that you basically if your epic games epic account touches the uh, ps4 then you, you're fucked basically you're done son you ain't going to be playing that on your switch well i guess you, you yeah, could you get just... a new account.
1: <laughs> yeah, new account
3: yeah but then obviously the the downside to that is if you're the type who likes buying your cosmetics and stuff then that that ain't carrying over to the switch uh you ain't you ain't carrying over any of that, any of your progress or anything.
1: I I guess I kind of understand Sony blocking it in a sense because why do we want this guy to go over to the Switch and start playing over there and possibly never switch back to the PS4? So,
2: so Uh I haven't really been following this super close. Is this just between the PS4 and the Switch, or is this between PS4 and all other platforms?
0: All other platforms except PC. So, um, Was is PC the, fine? Uh, because Sony and, and PC, PS4 and PC, have had cross play before on, on multiple things. I don't know why. Uh, that's that's fine, but
3: right. so Sony has specifically blocked Switch and Xbox owners from being able to do it.
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> And I think it just became such a big deal when it went to Switch. Yeah, because realistically, you aren't hopping
3: between PS4 and Xbox One to play Fortnite, are you? So I can imagine the vast majority of people didn't realise this was a problem up until you get the... Uh, it's like an anonymous message you get on the Switch. I saw like, the screenshot of it that's just like, because of a, 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 another company because they can't mention Sony specifically. <laughs> Sony just cock-blocking Switch Fortnite players.
0: Yeah. It just yeah, it's it it just is a bad move to me, and I I understand it on like a business perspective side, but uh, there's uh, there are a lot of things to consider about it. Like okay, now if you know Fortnite's a really popular game, so if you have somebody out there that wants to get a console just for Fortnite, uh, their considerations are now going to be well, I want to play it with as many people as I possibly can. I know a lot of people with a Switch, I know a lot of people with an Xbox One, so it's going to be one of those two because I can play I can cross play between those two with other people and with my friends. Whereas if Sony were to join that party, the consideration to buy for which console to buy would be more based on, well, what else can I get out of that console? And and Sony has a lot of really good things that they're delivering with their exclusives and everything. So my thinking, is that by allowing cross-play with Fortnite, it would open people up to go, well, I want a console for Fortnite, I'm going to get it on PS4, because then that gives me the ability to play with my friends, also to play PS4 exclusives, etc, etc, etc.
3: But don't you think these also like could back on on them? I mean, I I understood it at the start, like, I'm all for cross-play, I don't think Sony should be blocking it, but I understood it from a business perspective at the start, uh, for the reasons that you've said. But now... It's like, so I've, I've, I've multi-platform. I like, I've got more than a PS4, and I think quite a few people are in that position now where they have got more than just a PS4. I don't want to down Fortnite. I don't want to download Fortnite on my PS4 now because I know that if it carries over, then it basically just ruins the ability to play it on another system. Like, that, is the odd one out. So unless people are just going to say, right, I'm going to ultra-commit, to the ps4 i going to download it on there and let's face it the majority, a lot of people like uh even console owners because of stuff like fortnite and pubg and how well it works on pisa and because of how like you know twitch how prominent twitch streamers are now and they all play on pisa a lot of people are making the jump to pc and stuff um and again, i guess that doesn't matter if there's if yeah, there's a lie between
1: pisa I, I guess I'm kind of um, different in this. I, the cross-play thing, I think it'd be cool to have, but I never once think, hey, I'd love to play a game with some Xbox friends because if they're really my friends, they'll own a PS4 and we can play. <laughs> but then again, I don't even own a PlayStation Plus account. So there you go. Um, but I mean, I, I see both sides of the argument. I, if I'm Sony, I'm in no rush to do it. You're the leader in gaming right now, By you are far. the number one. <laughs> you know, why Why worry about it right now? You could worry about it with the PS5.
0: Yeah, I do think it is something that they will need to worry about with, with the PS5, though. That's that's a conversation that's going to need to happen going into next-gen, and it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out.
2: Yeah, it probably just comes down to their, their market position is strong enough that it's just easier not to care, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh yeah there, there we go, uh elephant in the room, based on you know the name of the podcast and how that all came up last week, so now that that's all out of the way, uh we can start going into the e three recap and report card, um, yay, <laughs> all right, so what just just rattling it off the top of your heads. Uh, If you had to pick a a winner for E3, who do you think won E3 this year?
2: Capcom. (laughs) Just Capcom (laughs) by themselves. Resident Evil 2, remake baby.
1: (laughs) Somebody's excited. (laughs) Well, they have quite a bit else as well. Capcom actually had a really good showing. though that's not my winner, but they did.
0: Yeah, yeah. They have Mega Man 11. They had uh, Monster Hunter World. Generations, Ultimate Generations, whatever the Switch version of Monster Hunter World. Um, they got that crossover with uh, crossover with Final FF Fantasy 14. fourteen.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'll go next. Uh, you know, even though their conference was a piece of shit, um, I actually think <laughs> Sony won because you can take almost the entire Microsoft conference. And it's all coming to PS4 anyway. So, in my sense, I mean, Sony wins. They had the best exclusives, and almost everything shown was going to be on their system anyway. Yeah.
3: I, um... it's It's a weird one. I, uh... I don't know whether I properly loved any of the presentations at E3 this year. I think in terms of just the sheer number of stuff to show off, Microsoft did a good job, but also all of their stuff is available on PC. And, uh, and a lot of
0: it on PS4 too. I mean there's
3: a like- lot of multi platform stuff, yeah. Um so I'm not entirely sure whether anything uh I I was I was bowled over by anyone particular there's a lot of games that i like from there um i feel like e3 this year was missing a lot of key uh like big announcements wow i feel sony was disappointing yeah sony was disappointing for me
1: square Um, enix was a joke
3: Oh, square enix was ridiculous (laughs) that was uh yeah we uh we me and jason uh were covering that as it was happening and we were just on the discord call just like we, we we was knuckling down because yeah. we'd heard that it could be two hours long and then 30 minutes on the dot it was like thanks for watching and we just kind of sat there like what i kept <laughs> yeah, thinking of
1: early joke
3: yeah it was ridiculous we just, we thought oh maybe the resi 7 remake will make its way into sony's and maybe that new avengers crystal dynamics game will make its way into sony's that's gotta happen they can't leave it there why show up they just left it there why turn up there's no point in turning up if that's all you've got
0: well and they showed off three Kingdom Hearts trailers in three different conferences like good job yeah Kingdom Hearts oh, the oh Jesus God
3: pretty much my interest in Kingdom Hearts kind of peaked at the start of E3 and by the end of it now I'm sick of that game. <laughs> I've had to see these trailers for it so many
1: times. What, did we really need to see trailers? for I, lo- I think the game looks awesome but we didn't really need that many trailers. There were other things that they could have shown. Yeah. yeah they I think
0: anybody that's excited about Kingdom Hearts 3 is already excited and getting kingdom hearts three like stop this is this is like them just being proud and trying to prove that like look guys we're really putting it out there it's really real it's coming here it is like an excuse to show that release date at the end of each trailer
2: that's kind of square's thing though they want to announce a game a decade before it comes out and then like not show anything but then like a year it's going to come out you can't stop seeing it it's like they just keep throwing trailer after trailer it's like you guys need to pace yourself on the marketing a little bit Mm -hmm. better because people get burnt out quick
3: a lot of the games from this e3 that i really that really really did it for me were games that either i hadn't heard of before or that i'm quite surprised by how taken i am with them anybody watch the devolver digital press conference
0: no I missed no, that so one. they had
3: they had like a game. Um, my friend Pedro. And oh right, uh, yeah. Bloody hell, that that game looks great. Uh, um, that's
0: like the side scrollers. Yeah, it's side
3: scrollerish. It's got side scrolling shooter. Uh, it sounds incredibly boring, but it sounds incredibly dull. But then just the whole fluidity of like the movement mm-hmm. and the shooting that was, it just really it really hit me. Really, really, really struck a chord with me. That did and then ooblets the new double fine game um which apparently got announced like last year i hadn't heard of that before and then also forza horizon 4 which is set in scotland so i could just see like landmarks that i know which is weird when you're in the uk and nobody ever wants to for escapism no developer never want, ever wants to take you to the uk because it's gray and miserable but that game did and hey, I'm, I'm into that came there <laughs> and that was grey and miserable so, <laughs> so, so, uh, I'm really glad you said Zombie you there by the way And not the getaway Because that's what people That's what people always say Well you had the getaway You should <laughs> Don't complain You've had that the getaway once um, Yeah it was like Games like that um, That really got uh, that, that, I, that I really enjoyed But as far as like One particular winner There was nobody that was Outstanding Nintendo were really Disappointing um i don't really understand what was going on there i'm really hoping they haven't it's probably too early to say but i'm really hoping they haven't hit that like third party malaise that they seem to always have i'm kind of done with them just having games that that other consoles have here's um
0: here's uh here's smash brothers university for the entire freaking Nintendo yeah. Direct, right? Oh,
3: it went on for like twenty minutes. It was like it was like a roll call. By the end of it, it was just like, oh, and here's um, like here's Ness's new cap color. Uh, isn't that amazing? All yeah. oh, Mario now has this different hat. Uh, we changed yeah. the
0: face of the Wii Fit trainer.
3: And- <laughs> yeah, I know. was oh, just like, oh god. Some people love that shit, though. Some people go all the way over the top about it. Um whereas to me, I can understand it's probably a lot of a lot of work, but it just looks like the one for Wii U, just with more stuff.
1: Well that um, and,
0: and separate that out into its own separate thing. Give people like a special Smash Brothers stream where you go specifically into that for like for the E3 twenty eighteen Nintendo Direct. Yeah. I mean, I I don't even think Sony had had portions of its Supposedly in depth conference that were as long as the Smash Brothers portion was on the Nintendo. Yes, they did. It was uh, the
1: intermission at the very beginning when they moved all the,
3: yeah. the I feel like Sony's like like their E three was just them borrowing a tunnel into their own ass. So uh, so Jesus. I was I
0: was there right and, right. and it, it was the most bizarre experience because we go in. To this big church, you know that we all discover is the last of Us church. And yeah. we're standing around. Nobody knows what's going on. We're like, Why are we just standing around here? This was the weirdest press conference I've ever been to. And they play the trailer. Yeah. so here's here's the the last of us two trailer uh and gameplay and everything and then you know this this voice comes over the intercom and is like uh please exit to the front and to the uh, you know to the front left to continue your experience and we're like what is going on so we all exit out this door and we go out over this this uh bridge that's that's like feudal japan ghost of tsushima style um You know, over like a pond pond with some koi fish or or something in it and uh, uh, go into the actual theater room where we all sat down finally. Uh, And of course, during this time, there's either either weird intermissions that that you guys are watching watching on on the stream end end of things. Or they're actually showing off stuff that we at the conference don't get to see. So like the the Destiny 2 Forsaken uh, story trailer, uh, which would have been really cool and a really surprising, shocking reveal to see, happened during that whole confusion. And I think that it it took away some of the, the impact that it could have had in a normal press conference. Was
3: it – was it right? Sorry. Was it somebody mentioned that that um, they maybe had multiple rooms that you were supposed to go in, but then scrapped that idea in the last minute? Was that right, or did it just seem like it was supposed to end in that one room?
0: I I don't know if if that's right or not, but my my feeling on it was they should have either gone all in or nothing at all. They should have done a different room for each experience and and really just gone all in on that idea and and kind of shuffled us through oh here you're in the, the last of us room here's the last of us demo now we'll show a couple of other demos okay shuffle over to the ghost of tsushima room now we'll show that yeah. and a couple other things and then you know death stranding and then spider-man like do that with each of them or just don't do it at all just put us in a, in a normal theater just show us your, your normal press conference uh, the, the way that they kind of half-assed it with that initial experience and then putting us in a big theater room anyway to, to sit down and just watch through the rest of the trailers was kind of
2: Yeah. Yeah it know. seems like uh, they were gonna do like the whole theme room and then like a musical number before each thing and then they just kinda didn't <laughs> they just stopped yeah. halfway
3: For, through. Like, the last <laughs> the last one you just get like Stanley doddering out to sing the old school Spider-Man theme or something. Yeah.
0: Now, now that said, uh like like Cameron said, I do think that Sony still kind of won in terms of the stuff that I wanted to see. They had some good trailers. They had some some really interesting gameplay. You know, being able to finally see Ghost of Tsushima. Being able to. They've got the better games. They just still have. Us. Resident Evil 2 remake was revealed there you know so uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go um, and yeah I, I think that they had the, the a, a great showing in terms of all that their presentation was just a little awkward I, I think we're at a point now where we're getting to the end of the console generation we are not going to see any big megaton announcements anymore oh no not until uh, ps5 is announced and that's the way it's been every console generation for the last couple of years of the console generation you you really don't see those big megatons being announced
3: mm. i'll tell, tell you what it does kind of concern me about it and obviously this is like probably premature thinking but like so obviously the p s three launch was really really mishandled um a lot of that was uh it just felt like oh well the p s two did really well you know we're, we're really really overly confident um here's your like how, how what was it like six hundred dollars or something here's your six hundred dollar console um be happy about it you're gonna buy it because you love the p s two um as the past couple of press conferences and this one in particular just feels like Sony's like, yeah, well, we're winning now. And the stuff like the cross play with Fortnite and stuff, it's like, well, we're the market leaders, you know, who gives a shit, you know, we're, you're going to buy it. Um, You know, here's, here's our four games. We're not really going to go all out there with it. It's just, you know, here's, here's a guy with a flute. Um <laughs> And it's just, I don't know, it just feels like Microsoft's obviously got a lot more to lose by their next Xbox um, being, if that's as mishandled as the Xbox One was. Um, and it seems like with each year, Microsoft is really, really trying Um I don't think they like they had a lot of multi-platform games. A lot of the stuff that they had to show is coming out on other consoles. But you can tell that they're making big steps into into a into a different direction than they had. Whereas with Sony, a lot of it just feels like resting on the laurels at this point. And they definitely have got the best lineup of games because they've got the best first-party studios and stuff. But I don't know. It was a bit of a weird one this e3. It just felt like Sony was just really. Overly confident, and they probably weren't that bothered about give, giving out like a like a really <clears throat> like exciting press conference.
2: I could see uh, Microsoft maybe taking the lead next console generation. Mm. Uh, it's kind of the ebb and flow, you know. PS two, Sony got overconfident, so three hundred and sixty was able to come out at a yeah. you know a lower price, offer better exclusives, uh, and then. Microsoft got overconfident and the PS4 took the market lead this generation. Um, yeah. I kind of... It, it seems like Microsoft is stepping their game up and mm. they might step their game up by just uh, buying studios. You know, they bought five... Yeah, pretty, and, uh, pretty famous studios.
3: Yeah, but, but how, did, how did Rare work out
0: for them? Yeah, I was just about yeah. right
3: to say it's concerning, though, that is when Microsoft stopped but It's good in theory. Like, you know, good with the theory. Oh, God. I had it in my head, but I didn't yeah. want to say it, but
2: you just went ahead and did it. I just uh, I'm that
0: guy. It depends on was dying,
2: though, like, before the Microsoft purchase was, like, mm. official. Like, they really ran out of steam after Perfect Dark and just never recovered.
3: Well, but they haven't done anything post-acquisition, though, have they?
2: Which is the issue uh, that we They did on. connect. They were, like, really uh, mismanaged, yeah. uh, which I think the current Xbox, uh, Microsoft Game Studios team
1: have hopefully learned from. I think it's all depending on how well they can convince people that they can support exclusives that mm. are actually good and you know one thing i kept seeing was oh man sony's in trouble because they lost the hellblade developer and i'm thinking no no,
0: not no really that's i mean weird.
1: that game was cute and yeah. i guess it was good i didn't like it but mm. you know that's not really i don't see sony looking at that going man
2: crap. it's not a, it's not a system seller no. no, it's not a big
3: one. And no. the other ones that they announced that they'd acquired were kind of ones that, to be honest, I thought were just—I mean, like Playground—they uh, just like solely develop Forza Horizon. Got to be honest, thought Microsoft owned them anyway. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I look at I look at Xbox and Microsoft, and in terms of exclusives, you know, there's two routes that you can go. You can either make new IPs that are exclusives, or you can stand on the shoulders of your previous IPs. Mm. And on the, the uh, Microsoft side of things, the shoulders of their previous IPs are things like Halo, Gears, things that have been really declining in recent years and, and not doing all that well. Yeah. Um, you know, their, their exclusive properties and franchises are going downhill. So then you look at new IPs. Okay, new IPs, uh, they tried with like ReCore quantum break uh you know and and they've tried to get microsoft exclusive new ips that also for whatever reason are just not hitting all that well on the sony side of things you come back over and and you look at uh even when they're standing on the shoulders of previous franchises they're doing huge amazing enormous things such as um god of war you know, really, really yeah. big thing, really big uh, uh, change for that game, but also rides on the shoulders of, of previous God of Wars. But at the same time, they've also got their studios like Sucker Punch doing Ghost of Tsushima, which is I said it right the first time. <laughs>
3: Woo! Uh,
0: you know, which is like a really unexpected game to come out of this studio. And where they could just as easily go, oh, Sucker Punch, make another Sly Cooper. Sucker Punch, make another Infamous. Instead, they were like, no, you know what? We trust you, Sucker Punch, this studio, to make a great game out of uh, a a new original IP and have it be well-received. And that's just something that I don't think Microsoft can do anymore like if you announce an exclusive new IP for Microsoft people aren't going to get excited around it
1: no no it depends like, on what launch Microsoft titles needs, uh, they
2: have I think their biggest problem is in need studios that can make complete games that are exclusives and do it on time their mm. biggest problem with their exclusives lately have been just like the unfinished feel or uh, delays you know, in the, in, in the case of Scalebound, a cancellation. Yeah. So it's like when a Microsoft exclusive gets announced now, I'm like, you know, is, is it going to be done when they release it? Is it going to even make it to release? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of uh, I, I doubt when it comes to Microsoft's name in general now.
0: Do you I mean, think that's because they're scrambling? Because they're like... Oh, definitely. They see how far behind they are, they're scrambling with these new releases, and then instead of putting in the time that they deserve, they're just kind of trying to get them out as, as quickly as possible and nothing's really hitting or sticking?
2: I think it's that, and I think it's... Uh, they're putting titles that wouldn't normally be like showcased as like, a, 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 a AAA-exclusive I think they're trying to showcase, like, like, State of Decay, the original one. It was an exclusive, but it was never showcased as, like, this is, you know, our, our best. It was an Xbox Live Arcade title, and the sequel is about at that level of quality. But because they're so desperate for, like, anything to say, like, this is just on the Xbox and, you know, Windows... Uh, they're taking these titles that don't necessarily have the polish or the uh, work that a AAA title would have put into them, and uh, yeah. you know they're putting them on that platform and saying this is this is why you should buy an Xbox One, and it's really backfiring because when you look at see at these and you look at State of Decay Two, they're they're fun, but they're not top top shelf titles. They're like. No. Xbox Live Arcade titles that you would pay like twenty bucks for and have a little <laughs> fun with and play with your friends and you know, put aside when you're done. But they're wanting when you
0: when you billboard those against God of War, Detroit, yeah. Horizon, games like that.
3: Yeah. They're in they're in quite like an awkward position though, because like so Phil Spencer took over as head of Xbox, and I think I was reading somewhere that like this E3 was pretty much so a lot of the products, projects got cancelled in there. So stuff like Scalebound and different different things that they had on the radar seemed to get cancelled around about like a year or so after Phil Spencer took over with how mismanaged the Xbox team apparently was. So this E3 was more or less supposed to be a oh like these are kind of the fruits of Phil Spencer's labour. Uh, these these are the these are the stuff that he's put his ideas to. And I think a lot of the stuff, so I know it's like, we don't know an awful lot about it, but, um, Gears, uh, is obviously always a popular one. Um, Halo, I keep going to call it Halo Guardians. That was Halo 5, wasn't it? Halo Infinite is um, apparently like a kind of permanent online world version of Halo, which has the potential to be like massive, um, so I think from like a business perspective, I think they have had some sort of stuff like Sea of Thieves and stuff wouldn't necessarily be like marquee games. They've kind of had to be shoved into that, um, that like it's like a square peg into a round hole really. As Jason said, State of Decay 2, you know, his Xbox Live Arcade title that's just been bolstered into a major first party game. But
1: do um, you think? Do you think they did anything to reassure xbox owners that this is a good console to have because outside of i think everything they announced is coming 2019 yeah they didn't they didn't do anything this
3: one that this e3 that would make you think right then i've got to go out and get an xbox now the stuff is for a couple of years but the thing is they're going to have to release these games that aren't like we we would have hoped that the sea of thieves would have been fantastic but um it wasn't uh but they're gonna have to release stopgap stuff like that to just keep the like software sales coming i guess and i could imagine some people did buy an xbox one for sea of thieves like it was relatively popular even though it was like people didn't really take to it as much but then you're gonna get to like 2019 which is also around about the time when the xbox one will kind of be um going back you know people won't be uh, won't be the the Xbox One, Two or whatever it's going to be called that will be out um, like in 2020 or 2021 or whatever so at the end of its life cycle people will be invested in the Xbox brand Um, and I think a lot of it's to do with that I'm not sure whether anything to do with Xbox One games is going to come into the next Xbox with the whole streaming thing um But it just seems like they're putting a lot of emphasis on the end of the Xbox One's life cycle. And the same thing happened with Sony, the PS3. like I think the last two years of the PS3 were the very best years that it had um, before the PS4 came out. And I just think think the Xbox is doing that.
2: Yeah, I can definitely see them more wanting to lock people into the Xbox uh, structure yeah in anticipation of the next console than actually trying to convert a lot of people to yeah you know necessarily buying an xbox one
0: like, well, it, well it. consoles they they did mention uh or what was it Phil Spencer on stage mentioned consoles, consoles plural. plural, yeah, and so there's this uh there's this potential future. Xbox ecosystem that we might be getting into, and there's a bunch of rumors floating around about what that will look like.
3: It seems like like the Xbox is just going to become like a consistent platform. So for me, all, all I can think of in my head while the place is so much of an emphasis on the end of the Xbox One's life cycle is that the a- Xbox One is going to have more uh like more of a relationship with the next Xbox than any other console has with its successor um it's going to stretch beyond backwards compatibility i mean we don't we obviously don't know but um i'm just thinking that's that's maybe the route that they're taking with it um but no like with stuff like microsoft ai uh their streaming thing that they're working on and what have you um it seems like they're definitely going for an ecosystem more than just a oh this
2: is a new console yeah and i could definitely see uh Especially with the Xbox One X, like, keeping that relevant. Because the, the difference between the Xbox One, the original model, and the Xbox One X is, like, almost as much as, like, as if they were two console generations. I yeah. mean, it is significantly more powerful than the original yeah. machine. And I could definitely see Xbox One 2 or whatever games yeah. working with that. I can't imagine that the next console uh, would be enough of a leap ahead to where the games just wouldn't be able to run on an Xbox one X.
3: Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like there's much like, well, I guess there is with that many years, but like, that's still gonna, that that's like, it's, it's well ahead of the competition, the Xbox one X in terms of technology. And I I don't,
2: I could definitely see in 2020, 2021 that, you know, the price on components, uh, would have decreased enough that the Xbox One X could be like the base model of the yeah. next, you know, a, re, a rebranded or rebadged Xbox yeah. One X could definitely be the base model of their next console generation.
0: So yeah. that's just the next generation of Xbox turning more into uh, almost a, a PC-like architecture. I've even heard rumors uh, coming up where Microsoft is... Uh, basically putting all of their stuff into the cloud. So it's not so Mm -hmm. much as that you need to own the console as much as you need to own something that is Xbox compatible. And that, that could even mean your TV and you have the Xbox cloud in your TV, uh, you know, the same way that you've got Netflix on your TV or, or Hulu or whatever. And Xbox cloud is just like this, this, uh, online cloud ecosystem for compatible devices
2: yeah that's kind of scary because uh when it gets to that point it's like do you ever really own your games hmm.
0: everything's digital well, yeah like i mean it's own the same that, what happens on I, PC. <laughs> even even disc-based games you don't actually own you own a license key to be able to start it up and play it but that's, that's yeah. neither here nor there 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 yeah there's definitely a thing where with a disc-based game offline uh end of the day you know apocalyptic worlds destroyed you can you can boot up a disc-based game uh <laughs> yeah. whereas with the cloud there's uh, uh there's a definite concern there but
3: we're at- moving away from that kind of but I, personally i don't mind like if I own my games or not the fact of the matter is most of my games now I review code anyway so. yeah that's the one advantage we have <laughs> yes yeah, so it's, it's, I don't think I own anything at this point I can't remember I, I literally just so I could say that I'd bought a game I just went and bought like burnout remastered and just sat there and looked at the disc like just <laughs> not knowing what to do with it where You're do like, I put wait, this where,
0: where do I yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. I, we've, we've gotten so spoiled that occasionally when when something will get sent to me as a disc-based copy i'm like yeah, wait i have to get up i have to walk yeah. the the eight feet over to my tv and eject the previous disc which i'm always surprised <laughs> about whatever it is i'm like wow yeah. i haven't played this in eight months okay and then down the
3: side of my sofa now there's just <laughs> a pile of dust over all my games down there now that <laughs> it's just moved to digital um yeah
0: it's, no, it's, it's weird. Like needing the key anyway because you're already you're already uh, downloading it all onto the hard drive, so it's not like you're loading it off the disc anymore. Uh, yeah, the disc exactly. is essentially a key to start up the game, so why not just get it digitally anyway?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's I think I think it's just gonna it's gonna be an interesting uh, one the next console generation with Microsoft having so much to prove. I feel like this has really been like. Uh, the Xbox One, like at the end, um, like the past year or so, has been like a testing ground for what they're doing for the next Xbox. I know a lot of people have complained, and rightly so, the fact that the Xbox One doesn't have an exclusives because if you've got a Windows piece you can just play them on there. But I think that that's just them testing out stuff for when it moves over into this ecosystem with the next Xbox. And ultimately, like, you know, Microsoft make a hell of, hell of a lot of money just out of um just out of Windows. Uh so just having a system where like something like that, but for Xbox, um I think they'll have a traditional console, but I don't think it'll be as important in the next generation from what they're saying. Do
0: you think uh Sony, PlayStation 5, goes that same kind of route, or are they going to kind of branch off and and do more of their own thing?
2: I think it'll be a traditional console. Yeah, for real. I don't mm. think. I think they've, uh, especially uh, given like kind of the Japanese proclivity to uh, stick with what works. I don't mm. think they're going to this next console generation. Uh, make that large of a switch to like a cloud-based format. Now, I could see if Microsoft does it and it works moderately well, I could see maybe Sony for the PS6 doing something like that, more cloud-based computing. But we also have to look at Microsoft already has a huge cloud infrastructure in place with like Azure and all that. So... Uh, Mm. it it would probably cost a lot more for Sony to build out the infrastructure to support that kind of system.
0: So Mm. I I see on on Sony's end of things, yeah, more traditional console. However, I see it more of a console iteration. Um, I think we talked about this last time, but uh, um, a lot more in terms of backwards compatibility and actually being compatible with ps4 games uh enticing people to buy a ps5 because they're not leaving their ps4 library behind especially where the next couple of years of games are are looking great i mean you know no no megaton announcements at this year's e3 but we saw a lot of announcements for for really quite good looking games that are coming over the next couple of years uh, yeah. that it's hard to justify saying, hey, look, we've got all these great games coming out or that just came out. Oh, and now you have to buy a, a PS5. But if you can say, hey, we've got all these great games coming out, buy a PS5 and you can still play Ghost of Tsushima. You can still play Death Stranding. You can still play, you know, all these games uh, and they're, they're PS5 enhanced instead of PS4 Pro enhanced. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you really win... Uh, not even win a big part of the market share but just kind of carry over a big part of the market share where they've they've already got that audience uh, on board and present and excited about their exclusives and if you can pull those exclusives up to a PS5 uh, you know you kind of instantly have a great base of, of launch games for the PS5 even if the launch lineup itself isn't that great
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they'll have to do that because people are they expect a lot more out of a out of a console now than they used to you can't get away with like throwing out three launch titles that suck and expecting people to to adopt your console anymore no
3: I think it's definitely a. Uh, I think the switch was like a major game changer there um with it just having so many games uh at launch that were like well in, within the launch year um yeah, yeah I can't I can't see the thing is if, if if Microsoft do go with this cloud, like they're going with like the streaming idea and stuff and I really really do strongly think that um, the Xbox One is really going to come into play with the next Xbox then Sony is going to look like if a PS5 doesn't have not something similar but if it isn't leaning on the PS4's uh, big back catalogue and the games that will have been recently released for that around the time of the PS5's launch um, I can see them struggling out the gate.
0: Well, you know, PSN accounts, digital sales, uh, you know, again, concerns of whether you really do own your games or not. Uh, I mean, just just with things as simple as a game, you know, Destiny 2 moving on from Destiny 1 and kind of cutting off all of the, the content from the original Destiny where it was supposed to be this huge ecosystem people were mad about that and that's just with one game yeah um, you know so when you're talking an entire console and you, you're talking about people that, that got invested in their ps4s and they invested in games for their ps4s and and that whole architecture and system uh, and, and, and ecosystem then you move on to ps5 and if you honestly ask people to go hey buy our ps5 start over again. I, I I don't think that uh, that's a good way to maintain your they position do, as market that, huh? leader. Strong, I don't strong. really think they that's, that's big that big of a deal. You don't think it'll be that big a deal?
1: I don't think it should be. I mean, with any console, you, you buy the console. You know, growing up, you bought the console, a new one, and you had to start new. It is what it is. I guess I'm old school in that situation i i don't care if my ps5 plays ps4 games because when i buy a ps5 i'm ready to move on yeah i'm ready to move to the next console i don't care about the ps4 anymore it's in the past i'm in the future in the present you know
3: (laughs) (laughs) this is time traveling (laughs) i'm in the future and also in the present
1: well, wow. I meant the present after I after I said that. I like, oh, the, I the, the future right. present. The present of the future, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I just, I don't see where that's that big of a deal. And I don't think it hurts Sony that bad to be like, hey, you know what? We might be working on something, but it's not going to be available at launch. But guess what? Here's these awesome launch titles coming out. People are going to be like, oh, new games. Are-. It, it's not going to matter that you can't play your PS4 games. I don't think <laughs> it will.
0: It's, it's going to be an easier sale for people, whether they use it or not, um, to, to tell people that they can carry over specifically their digital libraries. Like even if they don't yeah. make it compatible on a disk-based side of things, to, I think that that would be the big killer is telling people that effectively if you don't have a PS4 anymore, you're leaving your digital library behind. Yeah,
1: well, I do agree it'll be an easier sell. Of course, if you tell people you can keep the stuff, but I don't see it hurting their market share, or really causing things to suffer if they're priced right. To be like, hey, it's PS Five. Guess what? PS Four is PS Four. You know, deal with it. You're onto no, something
0: new. You're you're onto something there with if it's priced right, because you know, looking at the PS Three, which did have backwards compatibility. The, the part of the reason why it came out of the gate at $600 was because of that backwards compatibility and because the components and the, the pricing of all that was so expensive. That yeah. being said, uh, the architecture and, and some of the leaks and stuff that we've seen of moving from the PS4 to the PS5 should make that compatibility a little bit more cheaper and, and easier to do. As far as I'm aware, I'm not super technical minded, but but from what I've read, it seems like, uh, all that will be easier yeah, I mean, to, to model right on the platform instead of having to have an entirely separate GPU chip just to run backwards compatibility.
2: Yeah. If they use, uh, X86 64 again, uh, which they will, there's no reason not to. um, you don't have to like run an emulator or anything dumb like that to, to get backwards compatibility going. Like they shouldn't even really have to reprogram the games. Mm. They probably have yeah, to reoptimize them, but
0: it's it's just upgrading your PS. Yeah, your, your it's just PC like a PC specs at that point. Yeah,
3: I've um I've got so I agree with Cameron in that I personally i'm not bothered about backwards compatibility Uh, aside from buying remasters i haven't like you know gone back to like my old library with like my xbox or whatever but um i think ironically that sony not offering something like that will make them seem not very up to date So, I think with Microsoft... So, with Microsoft's Xbox One launch, I think the main thing that killed it, aside from the anti-consumer policies that they had going on, was just how dated it seemed to, like, a modern audience. So, you had a guy there who... I can't remember his name now. Was it Steve Ballmer who ran the company back then? Who ran uh, the Xbox team, I think? I'm not sure. But he... um, It had a focus on TV. So... Here was a console, like, you know, a modern, like, home console that was just focused on TV, where, like, TV to the audience that they were going for is dying anyway in favour of, like, YouTube and streaming. So that's immediately a a no. Um, So I think the PS4, just on the basis of saying, like, you know, here are all these cool features, it's updated, it's, like, modern, it's not looking towards the past i feel like that's how it benefited um i think if the if the xbox comes out and is like you know microsoft comes out with the xbox 2 like here's all this cloud streaming um you know you, you we've got this whole ecosystem for you you know play on your mobile uh mobile devices you know uh play on your tv on your pc i think if sony then comes out and like well this is the ps5 it's not the ps4 but better (laughs) i just I, i can't see how that would be a good thing because i feel like that's the way that the industry is moving towards and with like the nintendo kind of um breaking down their own little barriers in terms of originality and now microsoft moving in that direction i think if sony uh, just go ahead and release a uh, a traditional console without the bells and whistles um unless it's got like a massively packed first party launch lineup I think that it won't do as well but it's a very hypothetical obviously because we know literally nothing about the ps five yeah,
0: yeah yeah it's we're in an interesting place in the uh the video game industry right now and where everything is, uh, you know, especially looking at something like cyberpunk 2077, just finally, mm. uh, I guess I don't want to say revealed E3 2013 or 2018, but like re revealed.
3: <laughs> yeah. Did you um, get to see that? Uh I did. Chandler? I did. Okay. Go on then.
0: Uh, it is, it is ridiculous how detailed and massive and just like, yeah, hyper emulated that game is in terms of like emulating little bits of of real life and uh honestly i was looking at it and and like a lot of other people have said i've been thinking okay there's there is no way that that can be a current gen game there's no way that's coming out on ps4 oh really um and you know without a release date like If they're putting that out until at earliest, I see that game coming out in twenty twenty. Yeah. Um. But if they're waiting till then, twenty twenty is when next consoles are expected to. You know the the hype train for those is really going to start spinning up. So if you take a game like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and you release it on the tail end of the current generation, I feel like that almost makes it feel stunted in a way. Hmm. Uh, so if they're going to wait that long, I they've said that they're targeting current-gen consoles, but I, I, I say just wait. Like
3: It could be all of them, though, couldn't it?
0: Oh, it, it could be across, you know, whatever. And, and again, depending on what – we don't even know what the, the uh, architecture of these next consoles is going to be, yeah. you know, this whole conversation we just had actually yeah. could make a huge difference about what Cyberpunk 2077 is. Mm. You know, maybe it is a next generation game. Maybe it is a PS5 game that's being optimized for PS5. However, there's a version of it that can run on the PS4 uh, yeah. with with lower optimizations.
3: Why do you think that they didn't uh show it during the E3 conference?
0: Uh you mean the gameplay?
3: Yeah, the gameplay demo. Because people, are, all of have on Twitter is like journalists basically saying we're we're fighting each other to get in and just look at this. It's it's so amazing.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a uh, uh, behind closed doors scheduled uh, fifteen yeah. minute gameplay demo. Um, so the gameplay demo they actually walked us through with developer commentary the whole time, uh, which okay. would not have been the same if they had shown it off with, like, you know, just just here is the gameplay, no context, whatever. We're just uh, mm. showing it to you. Uh, again, it's a 50-minute gameplay demo. And I think that this, uh, doing it this way, allows the media to kind of spin up the conversation first, uh, get yeah. people talking about it, talk about the details, talk about all of these things, and then in, you know some amount of time I'm sure that CD Projekt Red will actually release the the full gameplay demonstration themselves which people then can go back and and watch with the knowledge that they've gotten from from all of these these articles right. and stuff and kind of that full commentary on it it's I think it's a way to control the message and, yeah. and just make sure that uh, uh it's things aren't necessarily being taken out of context and they can kind of deliver the message and the gameplay and what they want to say about the game in the right way.
3: So what was in the demo?
0: Um, we had a little brief glimpse at like character creation at first. Yeah. Uh, and then they jumped into some of the just kind of open world missions. They seemed like they were early missions in the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if if it was just kind of designed that way for the demo or if these were actually early missions that, that will take place in the game but you go in and you get like a cybernetic upgrade it's it's first all first person which you probably mm-hmm. heard by now uh, yeah. it was kind of shocking at first but uh you
3: can go into third person though can't you that that was a thing that I read
0: I believe Check out your character so. customization. Yeah, yeah, there will be times when you're going to see your your character. Uh, so character customization is is worthwhile. Um, got some cybernetic enhancements. Uh, you know, some one to the eye to scan things, and one to like the palm of your hand to it does a few things with your gun, uh, like target acquisition and. Um, yeah, and then just it, – it's hard to explain exactly what was in the demo just because it was so, like, organic and natural. It was just kind of this this mission in Night City where you meet up with this, this crime boss, this organized crime boss who wants you to do a certain thing, mm-hmm. uh, go get this drone from this enemy gang, and then from there you're kind of open and free to do – to do that however you want to do it obviously they walked us through in one specific way but they kind of showed us how uh choice and consequence play into uh more or less every decision and every little thing you do in the game um yeah which allowed us to get a a good look at night city and how open it is and how how living it is and and how everybody there just seems like they have uh, like a purpose uh and and the ai doesn't seem like it's just kind of on this ai loop like a lot of open world games do it it everything there seemed to have a, a purpose behind it uh they they'd been somewhere they were going somewhere um just everything had a had a story to tell and i i think it's a brilliant realization of that whole world and that whole theme
3: yeah yeah
0: which you know again is like uh, has me questioning can they really they say they're targeting PS4 but that's that's very yeah. careful wording like or targeting current gen I guess that's careful yeah. wording targeting and actually uh, hitting are two very different things
3: yeah would just would you say it was the um was it the best game that you saw there
0: I I think it was my game of show yeah I I yeah. mean. There's part of me that was like, well, you know, I, I want to look at all these other things and, and you know, I don't want to go along with the crowd and what everybody else is saying is, is game of show and the best game there. But it's like there's there's a damn good reason why people are saying that's their game of show and it won so many awards and, and all of that. Yeah. And it's because it's it it really is. It looks incredible and amazing and, and it might not have a release date, but I'm like, you know cdpr just take your time like do do what you have to do with this because i i trust Mm. that you'll you'll make the game that that we want you to make and that you want to make
3: maybe that's a lot of the reason why they didn't show off a demo just because they didn't want everybody to just start banging on the door for them to hurry up and make it
0: yeah yeah yeah. you show off gameplay right now and and uh people are like "All all right in a year where is it where is it where is it
2: yeah you know, if they're uh, if they're targeting current gen
0: consoles, I could see them not wanting
2: to uh, do uh, a Watch Dogs too because they showed it on PC. I actually have the uh, the stats of the the PC they uh, demoed it on, and it's not a crazy PC by any means. It's uh, they had like an i 8700 k, GTX ten eighty Ti, thirty two gigs of RAM. Um, so so it's, it, like a, it's like a high end. It's a high end current PC. Yeah. But um, if they're targeting console too, you know, it, that kind of rig is going to give you a much yeah, uh, more vibrant vibe. look than like if you put it on a, a standard PS4 or a mm. standard Xbox. So maybe they mm. wanted to avoid, you know, being like, oh, here's what it looks like. It's, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And then uh, they show the console version and it's just like, uh, you know not, not nearly <laughs> as good looking yeah
3: there's the uh, there's I don't, I don't know what's the xbox one x alternative alternative to that um, there's quite we, a few pegs below that even isn't
2: it yeah the the, the one x um would probably uh, i mean it, it would stack up decently against that at 1080p but it's yeah. like you know that's uh That's a whole lot of, a whole lot of RAM that's, that had it on a solid state hard drive. You know, it's it's not, that, that rig, it playing on that rig is not going to be indicative at all of like the experience on console. What you're going to get other than PS4 slim. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, they probably didn't want people to be like, oh, the loading times are so slow. Oh, look at all those (laughs) lighting effects. And then, you know, uh, have the whole controversy that, that, Ubisoft did multiple times, which
3: felt like, which is what Ubisoft were avoiding this year with their press conference, <laughs> you know, where trailers. they just showed cinematics,
2: for everything. no, no gameplay. Don't show them gameplay.
3: Yeah, they're gonna pick just us skull, apart again. Apart again. <laughs> <laughs> you just get skull and bones yeah. gameplay.
2: Yeah,
0: which looked awesome. I hmm. I understand from from a perspective of of not you know wanting to market your game, you want to show the best possible version of the game but at the same time if if companies understand that they get a lot of flack for that why not yeah. compromise and show like a slightly you know more mid-grade build of of their game not not running it at high spec on a high pc you know the the best possible version that way people that have a high spec pc and want to run it at at higher and make it look better better they get the game and they go wow this looks better than than it did during the the I think, presentations
3: i think truthfully it's cuz people think stuff like that looks like shit they made, uh, <laughs> like we, watch, we watched the shadow of the tomb Raider uh like gameplay reveal and I, I, I couldn't i couldn't get over like how much it just looked like what it was going to look like when you were playing it usually they're all like flashy and everything with, with their gameplay reveals at E3. And it isn't like representative of what, what it's going to be like when you actually manage to get your hands on it and play it. Shadow of Tomb Raider had like awkward stealth, yeah. uh, looked, looked drab. Um, and I was just, I was bowled over by how normal that looked.
2: Yeah. It, it looks like they just literally played a copy of the game on camera for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it looked like me struggling to develops. just no. get through to a tutorial after not reading the messages. Yeah, yeah, there was, there were no frills attached to that yeah, particular it was presentation.
3: He like, oh, shot this arrow at this guy's foot and he's like,
2: oh, what's that? Oh, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: And I mean, you know, maybe, maybe that's the expectation that just needs to be put out there.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and with Cyberpunk, they may not even have like a, I I don't know what their their priorities are with development, but they might be working with raw assets with that demo. They might not be able to turn down the textures and stuff, so mm. they might be waiting to you know build a console. Uh, yeah, it was built off. for purpose, wasn't it? The uh, the demo.
0: It, yeah. It was what now?
2: Look like
3: built for that specific. Like you know, without the rest of without anything else attached to it,
0: I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got we yeah. got a little bit of a, a look at the open world and driving around in it, and and uh, moving throughout different buildings and different spaces and stuff. But um,
2: probably a vertical slice. Yeah.
0: yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah, especially as far out as they are. You know, they're they're not releasing within the next year or so. Uh, there were there were lots of games that I. I played at at e3 that were uh, assassin's creed Origins or not origins odyssey for example i, I played yeah. a a piece of that that was basically they gave us an entire island to play around oh, really? the, the guy was like well you know you, you have like 20 minutes half hour to play but there's five hours of content in this demo alone
3: <laughs> but yeah um
0: you know which, which is definitely just like They basically gave us the full game and just locked off anything outside of that area. But uh, with as far out as Cyberpunk is, uh, my guess would be they they did just cut out a vertical slice of it, just what was done, polished, looking the best, and what they were able to easily show off.
3: I think you're. I think you're going to have to tell Jason what you thought of Resi 2. <laughs> I can't believe it's. I can't believe we've held off for this long. It's like an hour, in, and you haven't I'm told in, him yet. Shaking. How could you?
0: <laughs> Getting the shakes over there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it is fantastic. I mean, uh, runs on the Resident Evil Seven engine, so mm. graphically looks incredible. Um, it's it's done with the Resident Evil Four camera style. So, gameplay is a lot of fun, and then it has the, the classic horror uh, of, of Resident Evil 2. So, it's like this this perfect mix, uh, this perfect buffet of all the best elements of Resident Evil over the years, and uh, the demo I played started off in the, the Raccoon City Police Department. You know, Leon just shows up, and, and he's this rookie cop, and of course, things are going to shit, so... it it was interesting so i haven't played resident evil 2 in a very long time uh but it was interesting that there are elements that are immediately familiar and recognizable uh you know typewriters are still your your save points uh limited inventory is still a thing so you know managing your your ammo count and your your healing herbs and all that kind of stuff um and then just the, the layout of the, the police department, I mean, it, it, they're remaking the same game, so they've changed a lot of stuff, but they've also uh, kept a lot of stuff exactly the same. And so a lot of the the scenarios that you'll get into uh, will be exactly the same, but it's also a completely new take on them when you consider this third-person, this, third uh, this, this over the shoulder camera. Yeah. Um, where some of the scares scares are are, I don't know if 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 it's if it's it's fair to say that they're more scary or less scary but they're just very different from what you knew before where with a fixed camera it's kind of like the it's guiding you along to go through each of these areas um but with a free camera there's just this feeling that Everything is all around you at all times. (laughs) They Mm -hmm. redid the sound design too. Uh, It's always playing mind games with you. Things are creaking and groaning, and and walls are being pounded on. Doors are being pounded on. Um, It's really creepy. Creeped me out. And I was in a room full of people when I played it.
2: Yeah, I watched. I don't know, probably twenty different. Publications, demos of it, um, and put to, you know, I put together a huge article for, for Game Revolution just Oh, it was crazy. It. Um, and I really dived into uh, what I could oh, from twenty minutes of gameplay, you know. And I I'm feel just, like I played the game after reading Jason's article about <laughs> it. It's absolutely wild. I'm incredibly impressed with uh, the way they've they've done this remake. Like, uh, so. So many remakes. It seems to me like uh, either follow the subject material too closely, so it's just like you know you're, you're playing an HD version of the game you've already played, or be too far away. But this is just right, you know. It's uh, the RPD. It's um, been changed. It, it, it's like uh, it, it's crazy uh, because I played Resident Evil two so much, um, so many times, and. Uh, you know, some of my, my, my fondest gaming memories from childhood uh, were from from playing Resident Evil 2, and it's uh, it's like so familiar, but at the same time, like uh, I I actually uh, found found where someone had accessed the map in their demo and uh, kind of trace retraced it to compare it to the the original, and it's like so much has changed. There's like so. So there's rooms added, rooms expanded. Uh, Not many taken away, but um, like there's so many questions um, that I have. Like, you know, there's a whole new... Behind the police station, there's a boiler room. Like, what's going to go on there? That sounds crazy. Um, You know, uh, the the whole third floor has been expanded. Like uh, in the original game, you just go up there and throw a throw a cogwheel in a clock and get an item. Well now it's it's whole a whole another floor where you know there's puzzles and enemies, plot points. It's like um, they've taken you know the, the core of Resident Evil 2 it seems like and replicated it perfectly while respectfully adding like a ton of content uh, to make the game feel completely new at the same time. I don't know. It's, it's like, I, I really think they uh, put a ton of care into their approach to this project. From what they're, they're taking
0: the name remake really seriously. That that word remake, you know, it's it's not just a, a slight rebuild of the game. It is it is a complete mm-hmm. remake. And, and to me, what it feels like and what it felt like when playing it and... And, you know, hearing uh, what, what you have to say about it, it, it really feels like they're almost making Resident Evil 2 now what their original vision had been. Like, there there's a lot of limitations in, in 1998 that probably prevented them from doing many of the things they would have loved to do in the game. And now they're like, hey, we have a lot more uh, hardware freedoms uh, and and technical freedoms in this game. Let's make the game that we wanted to make twenty years ago.
2: Oh yeah, well I've seen that. Uh, there were some people. Uh, There's there fans that are angry that there was not fixed angles. Well, the the original Resident Evil, uh, they didn't just say we're going to make fixed angles. We're not going to make a fixed camera and static backgrounds. They did that because of technological limitations. It was actually mm-hmm. uh, originally designed as a first-person shooter that they then were like, oh, well, we can't do that and make it scary the way we want to with today's technology. So let's use pre-rendered backgrounds, um, you know, with 3D characters. So, you know, they're, they're finally able to do that. They're finally able to put you, but you know, it's an over-the-shoulder camera, but that's the original vision for Resident Evil was to put you, you know, pretty much through the eyes of the character. So I think for the first time we're going we're, we're seeing an original Resident Evil title. You know, uh, part of the original you know uh, play style. We're seeing it maybe the way that it was originally intended to be seen, as opposed to you know the way they had to go with.
0: It's just crazy to me that that 20 years later, uh, one of the best horror games uh, to, to probably come out yet next year one of the best horror games at at E3 certainly um is is a game that's technically 20 years old
2: (laughs) yeah oh yeah and it's endured you know there's there's a reason why people are so excited about this you know the original uh design and scenarios were great and I'm I'm glad that we're getting to see some of that expanded upon you know in a in a way that complements uh what we got to see in the original game instead of replacing, you know. Uh, it, it, it looks like we're getting new puzzles, you know, new enemy placement, stuff like that, but at at its core, this game is still very much Resident Evil 2. We're still going to be dealing with, uh, you know, William Birkin and the G-Virus. We're still going to be dealing with Crazy Chief Irons um, and uh, escaping from the police station, you know, and uh, so those core things that made it so I don't know intriguing um, are still there but uh, we get the, the added um, mystery of like uh, yeah what's in the boiler room you know um, what's in chief iron's private collection room like what kind of creepy stuffs he got in there that's a new room so um, one of the funnest parts to me of Resident Evil is exploration. Like uh, a lot of horror games, you know, it's you're jumping from scared to scare, or you're like waiting for something to pop out, or waiting to fight something. But with Resident Evil, it's you know, there's enemies there, there's zombies, and that's creepy. But you know, uh, the ambiance and finding out what, what's in that next room, you know, what I've got the key for this uh, this room, what's going to be in there. That that kind of like spooky exploration is really what what continues to draw me to the series
0: oh and that's it's definitely there from from what I played yeah it like I said I was in a room full of people and I was definitely creeped out the gore factors there it's it's really gross and quite bloody the zombies are, are absolutely terrifying um, it's it's looking great
2: I think this is the first time we're seeing like original Resident Evil zombies in like the modern gameplay style like, I don't... Because we had the Ganados. Yeah, that's true. We had, like... In uh, Resident Evil 5, they were still kind of Ganado-ish. They were, like... S- sentient, basically. Uh, yeah. They so was they in Resident Evil 6? So. I never played that one. As much as I love Resident yeah. Evil For, 6, I could forget not... Forget
0: Resident Evil 6. <laughs>
2: I could yeah. not get through that one. Yeah.
0: Um. All right. So, uh, I mean, E3 it was big there was a lot of stuff shown i saw a lot of games uh just before we wrap up here anything else offhand that you guys uh want to know if i saw uh. Uh.
3: <laughs> thing is it's a lot of the things that i was into was lot like not the um not not necessarily to do with uh playstation how was the ghost of Tsushima?
0: Uh, that looks I- great uh uh, more or less playable samurai movie is going to be my, my short tagline for that.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. Uh,
0: looks fantastic. Uh, you know, like I was saying before sucker punch, uh, really knocked it out of the park with, with taking on a new IP and going in a new direction with, uh, where, where they could have just easily done another infamous game, which I still would love them to do another infamous game at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've really done a great job with, Tackling a new IP,
3: me and Jason was talking about this. So the combat, it's group, so you get group combat that I guess is more like free flowing, but then the one-on-one combat is that more like a fighting game.
0: Um, so the combat is is all the same. Uh, right. The, what they're going for with it is the the tension <clears throat> of the moment before you draw your blade. Uh, the, the sucker punch guy was explaining it as, you know, the, the slaps game where you hold your hands uh, over somebody else's hands and you try and like pull your hands out and slap the top of their hands and they have to pull them away really fast. Yes. Kind of, you know, child's playground game, basically. Um, they, they were trying to go for the tension of that moment before the slap. And so... (coughs) a lot of the combat isn't so much focused on actual combat and, and that side of things. It's more focused on, um, the, the precision and the tension and the clashing of blades, uh, and, and the real intimacy of the combat. So even when you're in a battle with multiple people, it's really about the, the, you know, one-on-one and the quickness and the tension and intimacy of each individual fight, uh, rather than you know a big hack and slash game,
2: it looks a bit like Bushido Blade.
0: Uh, yes. I don't know Bushido Blade Bushido Blade all that well, so <laughs> I can't say for certain.
2: Just how immediate the combat is and how fast it's over—like one or two strikes and that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a lot of what they're going for. Uh, it's it's definitely going to be uh you're you're not going to want to get into a massive uh combo with a bunch of these these guys. Uh you want to yeah. be quick, you want to be precise, you want killing blows. Uh damage model
2: looked a bit more realistic than, you know, a lot of games in that style.
0: Y- yes, uh, and and the physical damage model. So where you're actually seeing strikes appear on enemies uh, all that comes from like a respect of the blade, and and wanting to treat the blade as this this respected object in the game, and not just you know sword B that you picked up in cave F.
2: That's cool. I like that.
3: Yeah. Isn't it weird how like the like developers' idea comes along, so like the, this like multi-million dollar first part it's only game is just on the basis of let's replicate the intensity of slaps <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that's how i'm gonna uh, pitch ghost of tsushima to people now it's like <laughs> ghost of tsushima is yeah. tagline the intensity of slaps in a game
3: <laughs> <laughs> thing is though when you said it i thought that is great what a what a great way of getting to look at game concepts So. It probably makes it sound much more mundane than it is, but I, I like that. I like that description. That's yeah, good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you see the game, you see the the demo and stuff, and you're you're actually getting into that combat. That that feeling of tension really makes sense. Where you're like, oh, I, I, I yeah. get that with each of those moments right before you're right before you strike and having to have this precision and do it just in time before they dodge out of the way yeah it's it's looking like a good one definitely um yeah uh you know other sony games last of us part two was just the same demo everybody else saw so i don't need to talk much about that because it's honestly that whole appointment was more or less pointless (laughs) um so if you want to know about last of us part two go watch the demo for (laughs) last of us part two yeah um yeah, saw a lot of other good stuff, but we're we're running on a bit long here uh, for this one. So you know, maybe we can uh, have a. I
3: think we're doing the overflow. Yeah. The overflow of the you next know, episode.
0: And, and clean up some of that stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot more news about some of these games will be coming out this week as well, which we will continue to talk about next week. Yeah. uh did we get any any readers commenting in or of course or not emailing in of course not. we
2: cut that off man we we don't do that anymore yeah, <laughs> yeah we do
3: not do, do that not do we're gonna start we're gonna start hitting it out on uh on on twitter now that we're now that we're coming back into it but um yeah we're uh Reader questions. We've, we've, we've brought that to we brought that to an end. We put it out of its yeah. misery.
0: Right. So here's the reader question. <laughs> Stab. <laughs> <Yeah>. Precision. <laughs> Tension of slaps. It's dead.
3: God, that was a really that was a really interesting question. I can't believe that one reader asked that question. Yeah. That was great. There were
2: a lot of them. That's all you guys need to know. Is there were a ton of reader questions. Yeah.
0: So many. We're just we're, we're get buried there. beneath them yeah, go, go support <laughs> yeah. us on Patreon and you can get all of our uh, our special yeah. reader question yeah, yeah, episodes yeah, you can listen to
3: us answer all these <laughs> questions
0: alright well I think that's going to do it for our E3 mm-hmm. wrap up recap episode even though it didn't even begin to touch on all of E3 uh, it was, a, it did it was not. a good conversation though and uh, we'll we'll continue the video game conversation next week
1: see you we're still recording